Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Brian Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Brian Gam slam jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome into the 131st edition of the TFS Pod, July 17th, 2023. Um, Dog days of summer. Um, weather's been mostly good here in West Michigan, so cannot complain. Hopefully, it stays like this till October in the football season. Um, got a lot to discuss this week. Um, do some more previews. Um, talk about some random stuff in sports. Do bracket and talk about the Open um, in the Scottish Open last week. So, a lot to cover. We'll get to it. Uh, I'll go first on the podium as I have for 131 straight episodes crazy actually that's a lie i missed one episode because i was busy working in mains 130 episodes i don't know how many into it that was so i just lied i'm sorry um but my podium i saw this in the news earlier thought it was interesting um it was about Le'Veon bell kind of dropped off the face of the earth when it comes to football um he came out and basically apologized for the way he acted, um, especially when he was with the Steelers for sitting out that year, he said, and kind of leaving on bad terms with the Steelers, um, saying that, you know, they're the best fans of the world. He let him down from the way he acted, apologized, took ownership of it. It's probably too little too late for that, but that's more than a lot of athletes have done um, for acting the way I mean, a lot of them act that way, but um, and are entitled. But that was good of Le'Veon. Maybe he's smoking less dope now. Who knows? Um, maybe since he's not getting hit in the head all the time, um, he's doing a little better. But that's all I've got. Just a quick little one. Yeah, I'd, we have a lot of different stuff to cover, and I didn't even think about it until just now. So I don't even know if this is a true podium for me. It's certainly not a typical political podium. But So on the women's golf front, Lydia Ko, who's one of the top women's players in the world, I think she's number three in the world, she took seven penalty strokes uh, yesterday, and the I think it's the Dana Open is the tournament that the women were playing in Toledo or Sylvania, Ohio. Um, and why, you may ask, and it was after the round. Well, they were playing preferred lies on holes number one and number ten, basically meaning lift, clean, and place, um, because it had been really rainy and you know muddy or whatever. Well, she played a preferred lie on three, seven, and nine as well which each of those times is a two-stroke penalty. Plus, she lifted her ball on 11, asked for ruling, and had to put it back down, so there's your seventh penalty stroke. So I guess my podium is, is A, that's unfortunate for her. My podium is is anybody who knows the, the game of golf, Chris definitely is one who listens, and he went to golf pro school for a little while. Um, I still have a rule book in my bag, but golf rules are super complex, right? Like, we as amateurs, we kind of, we've talked a little bit about on the podcast of having your own kind of amateur rules. Like Ryan and I kind of have a, a rule. If you hit in the divot on the fairway, you get a free drop. Like it's, it shouldn't penalize you, especially as an amateur. Now in the rough, different story. Um, you know, we're not fluffing lies everywhere else, but you know, we're talking about like Lydia Co. preferred lie again, muddy ball definitely has an impact, definitely would have an impact for pros because they can spin the ball. They can work the ball a lot of different ways. For us, as amateurs, it's another one. It's like, no, we just pick it up. If you've got a big glob of mud on your ball, like the, the, we're not playing for you know $16 million purses like they're going to at the Open this week. So I guess my podium slash question slash thought is, A, should the rule book be simplified um, in general? And B, should there just be a separate rule book for amateurs? And I'm not talking about not knowing the the rules when it comes to tournaments or whatever. It's different. If you're playing in an invitational or you're playing in a member member or you're playing in something where you're playing them all down and whatever, you know, regular rules apply, but would that be too confusing? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like maybe it's just groups kind of make their own. You talk about making a golf a more friendly sport. One way to make it more friendly for me is to move your ass and play in less than four hours. But yeah. beyond that point, um, maybe part of it is because people watch that kind of stuff and they, they play 
the super complex things. I mean, we could go way back to greatest game ever played <clears throat> when they used to do stymies. Like if I put my ball in front of Ryan's, Ryan was SOL unless he could chip it around it. That's a kind of a, oh, okay. that's a more cool rule. Or you played it in the water in a sand trap or whatever. I mean, golf evolves over time. It is an ancient game. It's a great game. It's an awesome sport. I just kind of wonder, like, do you need a simplified rule book for for amateurs versus pros versus tournaments? And even for pros, do you need it? Need a simplified? Just kind of a rhetorical Good. question. Not really sure what, but what the answer is. But that was just on my mind. It's kind of funny you bring that up about the rules thing. I saw it today <laughs> on Golf.com. I, I had no idea they had this. The USGA has a rules hotline for golfers. Really? Like they can yeah. call in in yeah. the middle of their round? Well, they have golf. They have people that right there are rules officials they can ask. Right. Well, I'm saying for like amateurs they do. Oh, for amateurs. Like yeah. when they're on the course? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Call. Just keep a rule book. They're not that. Well, they've, done cool. a ju- they've done a better job of simplifying the rules over the years. But some of those things like when to lift, clean, and place. Like if you're an amateur, lift, clean, and place your ball. Who cares? I guarantee dirty. you, unless you're like, you know, a scratch golfer, it's, you're not going to, it's not, it's not going to matter, right? Like, so what if you post a score and you, you know, you would have really shot a 90 if you played everything down and you, you know, and didn't clean your ball and, and you shot an 82 and said, so what? Big deal. You know, if you're playing with the same people and you're playing with strokes, everybody's in the same boat, whatever. That's my take anyway on that. Yeah. All right. Time for tee up. Uh, a familiar face. Uh, we thought we were done with him because he left the Big Ten, but we're not done. No, he never knows when to keep his mouth shut. Hunter Dickheadson, now of the Kansas Jayhawks. So I saw come across on Twitter, um, start reading about it. So one of the first things he says, this article says, Hunter Dickinson tried to have podcast hosts say he had a better college career than Cassius Winston to get him to come on his show. You're an idiot because you didn't. You haven't won anything. You're a loser that has played on bad teams except for one during you're a the COVID seven year. One, you're a 7-1 center who can't play in the NBA. Yep. And then he also started calling out Michigan fans, saying that you know Michigan fans are a-holes, which they they probably are, but saying Kansas fans are nice, they're all, all this stuff. Kansas is way better. Kansas is the real Midwest. Michigan's not the Midwest. All this stuff, calling out the state of Michigan, calling out Michigan State, calling out the University of Michigan. When is this guy going to learn to shut up? Someone needs to pop this guy in the mouth. Yeah, I, I Seriously, he needs to get put down by somebody. I don't care who I wish Zach Eady had done it. Um, someone's got to do it to this guy because enough is enough. He's talked and talking. He's, he's a, a punk-ass bitch even, bully on the block, and if somebody doesn't stand up to him, it's like in like the Christmas he's stories. He's as old as me, and he's a junior, technically a senior in college. If Ralphie doesn't punch him in the face and beat him up till he cries, then he's going to keep spouting his mouth off like a jackass. Yep, and the, the, enough is enough. We thought we were done with him. Nope, It's never. not even basketball season. We had to listen to this buffoon. All right, before we move on, an ad from a new segment sponsor, Norris Sports Group. NSG is a boutique agency of experts ready to take your new or existing program to the next level with their 30-plus years experience in sports sponsorship, endorsement strategy, program assessment, contract negotiations, event activation, and post-campaign measurement. Visit norrissportsgroup.com to learn how they can help you today. Mm. All right, Big Ten preview time. Round two. Um, I did find an article, Ryan, but I think we'll put it off. It was... uh, College is a is twenty four seven sports Big Ten preseason predictions, and I think it had like how they predicted the order of finish. I think we'll look at that at, at the end of our seven weeks, and then it also had like players of the you know offensive player of the year and all that kind of stuff. But just thought I'd call that to your attention. I'm going to keep that in the keep that in the forefront. So we'll let you go first on previews, just like we did last week. All right, staying. I'm going letter order, so I'm going with the. Except for I'm going to do Michigan State last. So Michigan State would be next week, but they're not going to be. I'm going to do them last because I'll go more in-depth on them, have some good stuff. But we're going to go down to the Maryland Terrapins, down to College Park. Um, the Terps last year um, had a decent season. Eight and five, you know, four and five in the Big Ten, decent. Um, Loxley's kind of turning them around a little bit. He, he's had some success recruiting. I mean, he's going into his sixth year this year. That's crazy to say. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. But um, they had the sixth best recruiting class in the Big Ten, so pretty decent for them. Um, 
lost some key guy go key guys though. Um, lost their best tight end, transferred to Alabama. Lost their kicker who got drafted, I think, by the Patriots. I want to say Ryland. He was really good. Um, probably one of a few games last year. Rakeem Jarrett, their best receiver, gone. And then Deontay Banks, I think he was a first-round pick um, in the draft. And then just Corian Bennett, another DB, he was uh, second or third-round pick in the draft. So they lost some key guys back there in defense. Do return some good guys, though. Uh, Talia Tagavailoa back third or what was this, third or fourth year as a starting quarterback now. Third, probably. Twelfth, um, I don't know. No, I think it's his fourth because he All came in COVID year. Um, he's pretty decent. I mean, I don't think he's anything. People hype him up a lot because he's Tua's brother, whatever. I, I think he's pretty good, but he's not great. Um, got a pretty good arm. They're going to throw the ball a lot. Um, but Roman Hemby, he was our leading rusher last year as a freshman. He might have something to say about it. Um, good running back. Um, he'll probably get a lot of totes, um, probably the most on their team. I don't. I think Tagovailoa last year, two years ago, they definitely threw it more last year, probably ran it more so than they – did in the years past, but this year I would accept, expect more 55-45 to uh, pass run instead of 60-40 or 65-35. Um, Ja'Shawn Jones, one of the receivers, is back. He was kind of dinged up last year. Expecting to break out. Corey, I don't even know how to say his last name, Dykes, Deeks, I don't know. He's their best tight end back. And then Ja'Shawn Burton led him in tackles last year. He's back at linebacker. That's really all they have back, though, that's to write home about on defense. Um lost a lot um then bringing in you know, on the uh recruiting forefront didn't have any huge you know five star four they had a couple four stars but um their main transfer portal guys Caden Proctor's a receiver pretty good from West Virginia Marcus Doomerville he started a few games at LSU at tackle so he's got pretty good game if he could play tackle in the SEC um then Jaquan Shepard uh cornerback from Cincinnati's coming in then Danelle Brown one of the better, highly ranked uh, defensive linemen um, in the portal comes over from Fordham. So you got some guys to fill some holes. Um, definitely need that help um, on the offensive line um, in receivers because they lost a lot just because of graduation and the draft. Um, Dane Enos left as their offensive coordinator, and Josh Gaddis is in um, as their offensive coordinator. That's interesting because I do recall that um, whenever Gatt, I think whatever year Locks was hired, 2018, I believe it was, he came in, and then Gaddis went to Michigan, and they were fighting about who was calling. Said, "Oh, I called the plays at Alabama. I did this. It was me." They were fighting, and now they're coaching together. Again, it's kind of weird, um, but yeah, I, I think they'll be a decent team. Nothing crazy, but you know, I think they'll they'll be a bowl team. We can go through the schedule here. It's pretty dang easy. I mean, first game of the season's home against Towson. Definitely win that. Then they play Charlotte, um, who's breaking in the new coach. Definitely win that. Then Virginia, who has struggled um, the last couple seasons. Last year, I think they did that awful tragedy. Um, yeah, that's um, right. Some they of their players their yeah. had to miss the last couple of games. I think they only went like two and eight or whatever, though, so they were not very good. Um, I think they'll definitely win that. All three of those are home. Then they go to Michigan State. Um, first test, I think they lose that one. Um, home against Indiana, win that. Um, then go to Ohio State, who they pushed. I remember, I think that was 2018. They, I think it might have gone to overtime or something like in, that. Was in the in 50s. Mar- at Maryland, though. Yeah, in the 50s, but not going to happen. They're going to lose. in Illinois, at home, have a win in that. Um, then they have a bye week. And then at Northwestern, an easy win. Um, then they kind of go through a gauntlet um, next three games. Home against Penn State. Loss and they go to Lincoln. I'm losing that. Then home against Michigan for their senior day, losing that. Then beating Rutgers in their finale. Three and zero out of conference. Four and five in conference. Seven and five regular season. Um, the same as last year. Um, fifth in the Big Ten West. I'm sorry, Big Ten East. And going to the New Era Pinstripe Bowl. Um, that's the Terps. Um, <clears throat> what do you have them going? I had exactly the same predictions, um, 3-0, 4-5, and 7-5. I have them tied for fourth in the East, and I have them going to the Las Vegas Bowl. Okay. I'd like to see Michigan State go to the Las Vegas Bowl, but when that preview comes around, you'll see I do not have Michigan State going to the Las Vegas Bowl. All right, it's my turn. We'll go over to the West. Like we said, last year I did the East. Ryan did the West. We flip-flopped it this year. Ryan's going in alphabetical order except for Michigan State. 
he's treating as Z. I'm going in order of finish. So this week in the very muddy Big Ten West again, to say the least. Um, I've got the Purdue Boilermakers. Don't at me. Guys like Casey Austin, some guys that I've worked with or had as interns that are Purdue guys. Um, we know some Purdue fans out there. I don't dislike your program. I I think you will get to it in floor ceiling that you've got a chance to be better. But right now, um, the way the West is is going and with a pretty decently tough non-conference schedule, I've got you finishing in fifth place in the Big Ten. Yep. Or actually, no, sorry, sixth place, that is, because seventh place is Northwestern. There's seven teams. So sixth place in the Big Ten West. Little five-year conference trend. 2018, five and four. Respectable, tied for second. A lot three-way tie for second that year. 2019, three and six, tied for fifth. 2020, didn't even get in um, all the conference games. Two and four, finished sixth. And then they've been trending up. Six and three in 2021, tied for second. Again, I think that was a three-way tie. And then last year, six and three in a very muddy Big Ten West, um, finished first and got to its first ever program Big Ten championship game and, and hung with Michigan a little bit there for a while. Uh, looking back to last year again, I didn't do the full-on picks, but... I picked um, Purdue to go three and zero out of conference. They went two and one. I picked them to go five and four. They went six and three, so they won one up to me a little bit there. I did have them eight and four overall. They did go eight and four overall, although they lost their bowl game. Um, <laughs> Big Ten finished. They, did they lose? They lost by sixty. Tied for second um, in, but I had them falling in fifth place last year because we had a massive tie for second in the Big Ten West last year, and they finished first, of course. And I had them going to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, and they went to the Citrus Bowl. So all in all, Purdue had a good season, proved me a little bit wrong. Um, But that's where some of the comparisons from last year to this year are going to start to show up. Uh, 2023 outlook, big changes are in store for Purdue this fall. Jeff Brom departed for his alma mater, Louisville, and the Boilers brought in a defensive mind in former Illinois defensive coordinator Ryan Walters. The pass-heavy attack has has been the bread and butter of this program for the better part of five to six years. Um, It also makes way for the more balanced approach of former West Virginia OC and Texas Tech standout quarterback Graham Harrell. Several defenders are gone. Quarterback Aiden O'Connell is gone. Stud wideout Charlie Jones and 110 catches, many of them clutch catches. Um, Also moves on. Questions about on both sides, but if there's a place for that to be the case, the West it is. the West is pretty wild, wild west and wide open, so we shall see. Offensive-wise, um, Texas transfer Hudson Card, who um, had 1,500 yards and 11 touchdowns and two interceptions in three seasons there and has had some starting opportunities, is the front-runner to place O'Connell as a starting quarterback. He can wing it. He's a pretty good-sized quarterback. He's got some big shoes to fill. Um, O'Connell, who I believe might have even originally been a walk-on, had the boiler passing attack humming all season. And that air attack was a mainstay in the, in the top two passing offenses in the Big Ten the past several seasons um, at Purdue. Return of Devin Mockaby, a former walk-on. That guy was beast. He's got the big old like, shoulder pads. Yeah, rushed for almost 1,000 uh, yards and nine touchdowns last season. That should spark the run game, so Harrell will like that balance and play into the balance that he strives for. Tyrone Tracy Jr.'s move from receiver to running back gives Purdue a speed and pass-catching option in the backfield to complement the inside running of Mockaby. So they've got like a little thunder and lightning approach there, which I think will help an offense that needs to find itself early. Um, senior TG, TJ Sheffield, I, f- I swear, they've had, I think they had a Sheffield before. Either that or this guy's been there. I, I or, think they did. Either that or he's like Robbie Hummel and he was there for 15 years. He's got dreads. He's a good receiver. 46 catches, 480 yards. Not bad. I mean, again, Jones at 110, so less than half of that. And then you have Mershon Rice, 23 catches, 283 yards are the top two receiving targets. But when you do the math, hardly accounted for half of what Charlie Jones did. Um, So they're going to have to find a few others to step up. Payne Durham was also a solid threat at tight end. I believe he had like 52 catches or so last year. He leaves some sizable shoes to fill as well. On the bright side, three starters return on the offensive line, which is always um, extremely important, especially in the Big Ten, including tackle Mahamani. Muasa, Musa, Musa. There's a mouthful in that name. Um, so the work in progress offense could settle in sooner than later. Again, with that protection up front, and at least you have some experience in card. Um, and he's in no different shape than he would have been in learning a new offense because he's got a different OC. Um, defensively, new head coach Ryan Walters brings in old school three-four defense to West Lafayette, a little Pittsburgh Steelers defense. 
in an era of the 4-2-5, the four-linebacker approach will pose a different look and challenges for offenses. Under Walters, the Illini had the best scoring defense at 12.8 points per game and the third best total defense, 273.5 yards in the country last season, which was part of Illinois' huge and surprising resurgence. Uh, the strength of the defense projects to be at outside linebacker, which fits in well with this new scheme, where starter Kadron Jenkins, who had four sacks, seven QB hurries, and a forced fumble, returns. And then sophomore Nick Carraway, a four-star recruit from Texas, is poised for a breakout season after a strong spring, as much as you can put into a spring anyway. Secondary, Purdue returns both their starting safeties, Cam Allen, a um, little bit of a ball hawk back there, and then Sanusi Kane, uh, a lot of tackles, um, and including four and a half for loss, so he's good on the blitz. Boilermakers are hopeful that the addition of Stanford transfer Salim Turner Muhammad at cornerback will give them the lockdown corner every successful team needs. But beyond this foursome, there are several holes to fill, and the season's success depends on how quickly the squad can adapt, can adapt to Walter's preferred style. Um, special teams. Purdue goes in a fall camp in a three-way battle to take over place kicking duties. Uh, ask Michigan State. That can be a scary scenario. Jack Ansel is back at punter after a you know, decent 2022 campaign, and Purdue always seems to plug in talented wideouts into the return game. Um, Keep an eye on a breakout season at kick returner, for example, from Dion Burks. Final take, Purdue is often a program that finds itself in the midst of a coaching change. It was long thought that Brom would head back to Louisville at some point. So it's not a shock that he left, but he, you know, he had the best run at head coach in West Lafayette since Joe Tiller. I mean, there's no question about that. So can the new boss man, Walters, take the torch, bolster the defense, and keep the offense singing? If so, Purdue can be in the mix in the West. I think it's a little much to ask for with a key departure suffered, um, despite a guy like Card waiting in the wings. I don't think Purdue hits the floor, but winds up closer to it than the ceiling, and with a pretty difficult non-conference slate, we'll find out in a hurry. I have Purdue pegged with a floor of 4-8, and eight, a ceiling of 8-4. and four. Uh, My prediction, I actually, despite having a pretty, at least on paper, decent um, non-conference schedule, they got start off with Fresno State, who's a you know, good team from out west. Good, um, but it's at Purdue, so we'll give them a win. Going to Vatek, not your traditional Vatek, but still a tough place to play, Blacksburg. But still, I'll give Purdue a win there. And then Syracuse a win. I think that was a barn burner last year, if I remember correctly. Purdue might have. Yes, yeah, Syracuse beat them at yeah, the end. At the end, yep. So I think Purdue gets Those a little retribution. So they start off three zero, and, and Purdue fans are like, "Heck yeah, we're right where we were." And then you got Wisconsin. Now, I will say they're pretty front-loaded here. Fresno, Syracuse, Wisconsin, Illinois, all at home to start. Um, but Wisconsin, loss. Illinois at home, that's going to be a tough one, but I've got Purdue losing that game. Then they go to Iowa, tough place to play, loss. Ohio State at home, loss. Now, we do know Purdue likes to play Ohio State really well um, at ross Aid, So we'll see, but um, I've got them going 3-0 to start and then a quick return to earth, and that includes after the bye, a loss at Nebraska, a loss at Michigan, and a loss to Minnesota. So home field is not going to be too kind to them to start the Big Ten. So a 3-0 start, kind of like Northwestern with a 1-0 start, everybody's like, oh, hey, what? Last year, and then they lost 11 in a row. I've got Purdue losing seven straight after that three-game stretch. Um, and then in and out the season with a win at Northwestern and a win against Indiana for 3-0 out of conference, 2-7 and in the Big Ten, 5-7 and overall, sixth place finish in the Big Ten West and no bowl game. But, look, it would not surprise me to see them win one of those games. I mean, they got Wisconsin, Illinois, Minnesota all at home, and Ohio State all at home. And I've got them pegged for losses in all those games. would not surprise me to see them win one of those. Um, you know, Iowa's gettable. No, I just don't see Ohio State as gettable. Nebraska's going to be a tough place to play. Nebraska's really going to be fighting for a bowl berth this year for the first time in a while. You know, playing Ohio State and Michigan um, out of the East does not do them any favors, so um, it would not surprise me to see them go six and six or seven and five and sneak into a bowl game. But I, I just think that 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 stretch there, after a pretty decent non-conference, is going to have them thinking, "Ooh, we're feeling really good about themselves," and then they're just going to kind of crash them back to earth. Yeah. Well, did you copy me? I have the same freaking answers you do to the <laughs> test. Um, no. 
Yeah, I, they concern me. Purdue does. I don't. I don't think they'll be very good. I think Walters will be a good coach in the long run. I think run, they could be good, but they, it's I mean, just they have too much to replace. They have their schedule. They've had some pretty talented NFL caliber guys the last couple. They, of years. They always wow. have a really good receiver. Who's it going to be? No um, talk about their D line at all in anything that I read. Again, you know, give a little credit to Athlon who helps me do some of my. At least some of my preview homework, and then SportsReference.com, and then I'll poke around here and there, rosters and and things like that. And and like Purdue has generally speaking had had like a kind of a under the radar to start a season, really good defensive end a lot over the last decade plus. I don't see any workings of that at all in any of the write ups that I've seen, which scares me a little bit. Yeah, Even like their defense and they're going three good. four, they might have some pretty good linebackers, but they're going to need a good front and. With only four returning starters on defense, I just think it's going to be an uphill battle. I mean, the offense, a lot of times the defense kind of can pull the offense through. I think the offense might have enough weapons to, to get by in a, in a few of those games. But, I mean, they're they're playing the three, two of the three cream of the crop in the East, and that does not do yeah. them any favor. So I, I just I just don't see them doing this. better than five and seven. Hey, look, I don't dislike Purdue. I'd like to actually see them do better. Um, I, but I, I just don't see it happening. I don't either. All right, that's the previews this week. All right, moving on to second down, old mailbag hodgepodge. All right, so I got one for you, Ryan. Um, Saw this on 247 Sports. Will Cohen Carr, this wasn't the question, but after reading the article, I'm asking it. Will Cohen Carr be the best Michigan State dunker ever? Yes. That includes Jason Richardson, two-time NBA dunk contest I I don't think I've ever seen a guy this is Zion Williamson level hops and power and athleticism and he's it's just your article basically said he's one of the best dunkers in the world now I mean he can he makes going between like he could do it in a game and it would look like the easiest yeah. thing he's ever done I mean, so who would you okay so let's let's break it down into who his competition would be for best dunker ever Jason Richardson, Jason Richardson two foot dunker by the way which is really Shannon hard to do Brown. Shannon Brown uh, kind of under you know he was sneaky good he's, obviously he's uh, bridges bridges he, the, the word is that he is filling the gym at presumably they still play at aim high they, they for, play at Holt High School now oh at Holt he's filling the gym more than even Bridges did back in the day for the Moneyball League I'm looking forward to seeing it. I know Ryan you send me videos of him in dunk contests or high school high school and stuff all the time but I don't know I've seen Either Richardson do some pretty nasty stuff so off. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. He's got kind of like the the grace and the like the ability to stay in the air of a Richardson or a um, even a Shannon Brown, but he's got the power of and Bridges had that too. But he's got the power of like Brandon Dawson. That's when I look at him, just like do the, like the windmill stuff. It just reminds me of Brandon Dawson, just like angry at the rim. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna bring down the house a few times in Breslin. Um, as a lob threat um, this winter. Oh, cannot wait to see that. All right, here's one that Chris sent me. This is just more of a reactionary thing. He sent me this last week. This is each state's win percentage based on this season only or last year for NFL uh, must have two-plus teams to be counted. So this is pro sports. What do you think the best state is for win percentage in pro sports? Florida. Wisconsin. Really? 651 between the Bucks, the Brewers, and the Packers. Who do you think is last? Detroit. <laughs> yep. Of course. 353 win percentage. And Texas is 22nd at 427. Really? So uh, I guess they have so many teams. So, like, there's a big, there's a there's a pretty big gap between last and second to last. So, anyway, second, let's go through. Second, Missouri, 622, St. Louis, Kansas City Chiefs, and Kansas City Royals. Third, Nevada, the Stanley Cup champions. They are 616 win percentage. Fourth, Washington. Um, but they don't have the Kraken in there, so they're full of – because they only have the Mariners full and the Seahawks. Crack. So we'll see. But the Kraken had a good year, so I don't – we'll see if that really would weigh in there. They missed them. Um, Tennessee is fifth. you got the Titans, and you got the Predators, Reds. and you've got the That's Memphis it. Grizzlies. I guess, yeah, the Grizzlies, true. And then you have Louisiana, 591, the Pelicans and the Saints. And then you got Indiana – Colts Hoosiers, or not Colts Hoosiers, Colts Pacers, 58% win percentage. Massachusetts, uh, Celtics, Sox, Bruins, Patriots, 550. Pennsylvania, 
uh, number nine, 76ers, Eagles, Steelers, Penguins, Flyers, Pirates, Phillies. I mean, they've got a ton of teams. Um, 539 win percentage. Florida's number 10. You thought that would be up towards the top. they got quite a few teams, too. Eight, eight or nine, it looks like. 521 win percentage. Tied for 11th, Colorado and California. California's got a shit ton of teams. Colorado's got four. Both at 518. New York at 13th at 516. Illinois at 515. So right on their heels at 14th. Tied for 15th, Maryland and D.C. is kind of one and the same. Both 514 win percentage. So it's pretty bunched up there from like 11 to 16. 17 or even 17. Arizona, um, 511 win percentage. North Carolina, then you get below 500, 495. Minnesota, 457. Ohio, 451. Oh, Ohio. Georgia, 436. Texas, and then Michigan. So I thought that was kind of interesting. It is interesting. Um, again, they forgot the Kraken, although I think that would actually help Washington more than anything. But, so you got Midwest, Midwest, West, West, Mid, Mid-Central, I guess. South, uh, Midwest, East. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of good, strong Midwest experience in there. Mm-hmm. All right, um, another pod question from Chris. This could just as easily go in golf, but we got a ton of stuff to talk about in golf, so I'm going to throw this here. So his question, you were four shots clear on the 18th tee at St. Andrews to win the Open, yep. or you've got a downhill, hard-breaking five-foot putt to win the Masters. Which do you win, how, and why? Uh, definitely the... Uh four stroke lead I would be too I would be scared I wouldn't know what to do on the putt if you'd be firm or to tap it because the break would probably be insane I'd, I, I'd, I would honestly have had a four stroke lead I would hit the safest club that I could hit straight I'd hit like a keep I'd it go, out of the burn I'd right? go seven iron seven iron sand. sand wedge two putt and win yep. <laughs> yeah I, I agree and and honestly I think part of the part of the question is is like the which do you win? I think you know on paper it seems easier. Although maybe you you let off the gas a little bit when you have a four stroke lead and and you don't play to win and you play too conservative. Play so to I'd probably play whatever I was hitting best off the tee all day. Um, that kept me no, safest. Full hybrid. That's what I've been hitting. And then uh, from there, I just would yeah, I would probably be pretty conservative and just try to you know just try not to go John Vandeveld on it. Um, really. The and I think my why is honestly, the Open is birthplace of golf. I'd rather maybe it's controversial take. I'd rather win the Open than the Masters. I don't know. The Masters is sweet. I love to watch the Masters. I'd love to play Augusta. I would. I think I'd rather win the Open. Like if I was a good golfer and I could only win one major, I'd honestly I'd pick the U.S. Open first. I'd probably rate the. I'd rate the majors. The U.S. Open, the Open, the Masters, the PGA, in terms of how I would want to win them. Yeah, I, I mean, can't can't argue with that. I mean, I'd probably go U.S. Open, Masters, Open, PGA. I mean, I love all of them, obviously. But, oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, if I had to choose, if I had a gun to my head. Do you have any other ones? No, funny, Chris just sent me this needs to be podcast fodder, and it was your Dickinson. Yeah. Well, we got you, Chris. We got you. I've got some stuff for Hodgepodge. NFL... Training camps are starting this week. Woohoo! We got football, baby. That's awesome. That's um, crazy. Some holdouts happened. The franchise tag thing was expired at four today, and Saquon Barkley didn't reach a deal. Josh Jacobs didn't reach a deal, um, and neither did Tony Pollard. So they're all going to hold out. And I've heard that Saquon might hold out the whole season. And that makes last them, guy that did that was Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell. And look what that did. Him, but He's um, saying apologies four years but, later. But seriously, if 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 Saquon Barkley doesn't play, that takes the Giants from a probably probable playoff team to probably going 5 and 12. Um he, he they were good last year because Saquon was good and healthy. Um so that would suck for the G-men. Hopefully he'll play cuz it makes it more fun when there's more good players playing obviously. Um could care less about the Raiders or the Cowboys, but I actually don't mind the Giants. I used to like them a little bit with Eli and all those guys Plaxico. They're more America's team than Dallas, that's for sure. Um Tigers are playing decent baseball, um, hanging in there. They're not great, but they're. They won a couple in Seattle, right? Yeah, they're they're playing decent. They're being respectable a lot more than I thought. I thought their season would have been over by the beginning of May, and they're still in the hunt to kind of get a, a spot um, in the central, but probably not going to happen. Um, it'll be tough. 
trying to think, NBA Summer League, I think it's over. Max Christie was second team all Summer League. He played really well. Really? Um, yeah, the Pistons um, did well. That new Tom, Osir Thompson, then Marcus Sasser had 40 points the other day. Future's bright, hopefully. NBA sucks. Red Wings got a good guy, Debrinkit, from Ottawa. He's a Michigan kid. He's back. He's a really good goal scorer, so that's good for the Wings. Try to make a playoff push next year, and the Iser plan um, in full effect. And I thought this was, I mean, this is obviously college football, but they came out this last um, Tuesday or Wednesday, I want to say, um, on CBS Sports. So they did 2023 hot seat rankings for college football. And five is, this is their scale, five, win now or be fired. Four, start improving now. Three, pressures mounting. Two, all good for now. One, safe and secure. Zero, untouchable. They're now or nevers. Neil Brown of West Virginia. They're not going to be good. He's probably going to get fired. Danny Gonzalez of New Mexico. I don't really know anything about them. They have Tom Allen as a now or never. I would completely agree with that. Um, And then... They're four, um, a couple of their fours are improving now. Uh, Dino Babers, I think he's done a decent jet. Syracuse. Syracuse yeah. It's Syracuse. Four, they have Jimbo Fisher on that list. I would agree with that, especially for the amount of money that man's being paid. They have Butch Jones, a Saugatuck kid. Mm-hmm. Um, then Mike Bloomgren of Rice. Don't know anything about Rice. Now they're in the AAC, though. That's the Aronis. Um, then Hot Seat Getting Warmer 3 ranking. Jeff Halfley of Boston College. Um, all right, Eli Drinkwitz of Missouri, Ryan Silverfield of Memphis, Dana DeMel of UTEP, and Mel Tucker of Michigan State. Would you agree with that? Getting warm. Yeah, I mean, I, I th- we talked about this on the podcast before. I, I think he needs to I, after last to year. Make a bowl they game. they should have made a bowl game last year. That was just that was a first freak, of all having freak incident having dog shit kickers. Does not do you any favor, so lesson learned and there. But also, that was management. it was game management that was on on him. Um, you know, they gave that away to a really bad Indiana team, and oh, six and six is nothing to write home about. But you build on that with the bowl practice and everything else. I, I think I think they've got to get to a bowl game, unless you know, yeah. And I get it. Look, Peyton Thorne to your starter gone. You know, Keon Coleman, who was supposed to be the great thing, who knows, gone. But. That's why you have a loaded roster, and, yep. and now more than ever, it's more of his guys. I think the defense will be better. I think Michigan State's got a really tough schedule, but I they've got a even if it's six and six, that's progress, right? That's a bowl game, and then he needs to start to do it consistently. Yeah, I think next, he's got to if he goes six and six this year, he's got to go seven and five or better next year, and then he's got to go eight and four. Like I'm okay with incremental. He doesn't have to go from you know two and whatever they were in the COVID season to you know, 11-2 and two the next year and have a gangbusters year. I mean, that's great. We all love that. But obviously it's that was unrealistic. Little, it was unrealistic and it set unrealistic expectations. I just want to see a slow, steady build, a competitive program that beats Michigan on average at least 50% of the time. Yeah, that's fine. Be a team that's not getting blown out and you put a respectable program out there, try to win eight or nine games a year. Yep. And, and then every now and then blip up, just like D'Antonio did. I, I'm okay with that. Michigan State's a basketball school, and I'm okay with that. Um, do I want to compete for national championships? Yes, but we're not there it's yet. Not so realistic. get me to a bowl game. Give me a reason to watch football into late December, early January, aside from the NFL, and I'm happy. I'm yeah, happy. I couldn't agree Give me more. something to tide me over until Big Ten basketball starts. Could not agree more. That's all I have for that one. All right. Now a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Team Andrews Realty, will help you find the home that best fits your needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. The Andrews have served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. All right. Number three bracket, inspired by my binge watching yesterday. Thank you, CMT, for having a couple of these going back to back that fueled the idea. And I'm sure we've done some measure of something like this over 131 podcasts. I'm sorry, but over 131 podcasts, not every single week is completely brand new content, I'm sure. So our bracket this week, best football movies. And I left some off the list. Some like There's some football movies we've not seen. 
Um, so I kept at the movies that I know we've seen, and, and there's a couple that are probably conspicuous by their absence of not being here. One, like the replacements or whatever. I could have, I probably could have done a 10, maybe a 12-team bracket, but I stuck to 8. It's a little easier to figure out that way. So let's go. Number 1 seed, Rudy, against number 8 seed, Waterboy. Uh-huh. Uh, probably Rudy's a better football movie. The Waterboy's obviously hilarious, just stupid. But yeah, it's me, your daddy, Roberto. <laughs> Take the money, dopey. <laughs> we'll be partners. I, I, I agree, that, Rudy. I mean, can't do it. And I make it makes like look, Chris. I know you hate Notre Dame. I don't dislike. I don't hate Notre Dame because Notre Dame helped Michigan State get in the Big Ten when Michigan tried to squash like us. So their campus. Is cool. I, I I think. Rudy still gets me every time. I think it's a great story, especially because it's, you know, some of it obviously is some creative license, but it's a true story. Um, so I got to go Rudy as well. Playing the winner of number four seed Draft Day against number five seed Little Giants. Oh, Little Giants. But I do love Draft Day. Draft Day is a really good film, but I'm going to go with Little Giants. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. I freaking wore it out on the uh, on the VHS, didn't I? You did, and I mean, we've had a couple of different copies of it. I I will say that Little Giants, I remember the short time that I lived in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and I had free HBO. That movie was on all the time, and I watched it, and I absolutely loved that movie then, and then, you know, got spoiled watching all the time with Ryan's. Draft Day is a great movie. Really, really like Draft Day with Kevin Costner, but I'm going to go with Little Giants as well with a slight upset. All right, moving to the bottom part of the bracket. Number three seed, The Blind Side, against number six seed, Invincible. I, I, Two more true stories. I, I've not seen Invincible in a really long time. Um, Marky Mark, so he's really go good in that movie. I'm not a huge I, I think it's a decent movie. I'm not a huge fan of The Blind Side. Um, but I'll go with that. I haven't seen Invincible in probably since it came around. When I'm it actually going to go. I mean, I really like The Blind Side, but I'm going to go Invincible. So, Vince Papali. First time I saw The Blind Side was for, I think, uh, Friend Nate Anderson's tenth birthday oh, at the Rockford Theater up there. Nice on Fourteen Mile. Kind of funny. All right, uh, and then you've got number two seed. Remember the Titans against number seven seed Varsity Blues, which uh, I think is a Varsity super is underrated good. movie. Um, I remember the Titans is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I got to go with it. Friday Night Lights obviously also got left out of here. Although I will say this: Friday Night Lights the series, the TV series, really was good better, show. Was better than Friday Night Lights the movie, in my opinion. Anyway, all right. So we got you. We both have Rudy against the Little Giants. Uh, Little Giants. Ryan, Little Giants are the upset. I'm going with Rudy. And then you've got Remember the Titans versus The Blind Side. Uh, Remember the Titans. Then I've got Remember the Titans versus Invincible. I'm going to go Remember the Titans. And then you've got Little Giants and Remember the Titans. I'm going to go Remember the Titans. It is a fantastic one. Great freaking movie. And you know what? I'm going to go with that too. I I think they're really close for me, but I don't know. There's just something about that that movie. Um, you know, kind of the story. The football is good. You know, Rudy's right there though. They're they're neck and neck. I could watch them both over and over and over again and have um, and like them both. In fact, I haven't watched Remember the Titans in a while, so I'd have to put that back on the watch list. So there you go. That is third down our bracket. Fourth down. We've got a lot of stuff to Ooh, cover baby. in golf. All right, let's throw this one out there. Steph Curry, first active athlete to win the American Century, which is the annual what kind does of that like, man not have? The kind, of, the kind of the annual like athletes and I think celebrities are in that too. Yeah, they yeah, are celebrities yeah. that play out in Lake Tahoe. Um, they use the Stableford system. Walk off eagle to win. He had a hole in one. He had some other bomb putt on Saturday. I mean, I'd like to see. I know Tony Romo came pretty close to qualifying for the U.S. Open. I'd like to see Steph give it a shot. See if he could yeah, do it. I mean, he's it's a midst of basketball season speaking at the point of having time. it all yeah um he does good for him how about did you see i know you're up north on a golf trip what about that sam burns unlock did you see that oh when he hit it into the face of that yeah sod plugged. bunker and it plugged and somehow stuck there so some something like despite gravity kind of like couldn't what, get relief like, like rory did at the u.s well Open. it's kind of like who in the pga that happened a few times and the on that one bunker, you remember that? Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Connors like did it. Yep. 
And then Hovland did well, it. Well, and then Rory did it and got an unplayable eye. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think Scheffler might have even had an unplayable eye. Yeah. Doing the same thing in, yeah, the, crazy in the U.S. Open. Happens. So that's the the suck of Lynx golf, I guess. That would, yeah. I mean, and what do you, like, where he was, I don't know if you saw, but it's like straight up and down. I, I don't even, I didn't see the shot that he took. I presume he just tried to, like, get it up and out. Maybe he took an unplayable. I don't know what he did, but. Crazy, yeah, that's wild stuff. How about here's one for you? This is a another women's golf story. Charlie Hull carded a quintuple bogey 10 and also 10 birdies in the same that's, round. That's insane. She's really good. She played well in the women's open a couple weeks ago. That's insane. Um, Scottish Open, Rory back in the winner circle. I don't think it's a coincidence that. Once this live crap, the you know the PGA live stuff kind of dies down, that he started playing better and he's just won a tournament. Well, and I think he's playing. Like I wrote down a quote from him because um, he had another swipe at live. If it was the last place to play golf on earth, I would retire. I love him. I, I think that him. that's like vindication for him. He's been the the face of the PGA of guys that play. Obviously, Tiger was pretty outspoken about everything for the PGA too, but. Rory took a lot of shit from fellow Euros. It was great to see him win in the way he won. I mean, he beat a Scott, uh, you know, a Scottish guy that would have only been like the third one I think ever in recent history to win the Scottish Open, who played lights out. And Rory had to go birdie birdie to finish and hit like an amazing. I think it was a two, two iron, iron in the last hole. Two iron, yep, full two to put iron. Put him in contention. In. My That's only beef missile. is. Maybe this was just a YouTube TV thing, but screw CBS because every yeah their coverage. I tried is to go watch this. The stream it was basically the stream of the, you know of you know the tape delayed final round because I think they played it earlier because of weather. Yeah, of weather like it was done. They didn't have that live day. on TV. I don't care. It's some TV contract crap. The same thing happened with the Rocket Mortgage with Ricky winning. You know how many people would have watched Ricky win and Rory win? So yeah, many. Two like, of I don't like guys on tour. I don't understand that, and hopefully that won't happen this week or the Open. But that pissed me off. The weather I, looks decent. I had good a good chance to sit babysitting Rachel's dog Moose, you know, Saturday and Sunday and watch, you know, and just not pay attention to my apps that showed the scores and just watch because I like to just watch Lynx golf and I couldn't even watch it. I just kept getting an error message. It kind of sucked. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So get your stuff. Like, stop trying to sell us under the, you know, sell us out and make us buy 57 million apps. Like, I just got rid of Xfinity and cable internet and cable and saved myself, you know, down to, I pay half of what I did before for YouTube TV and Verizon combined for internet. Like, don't screw me over and make me get all these apps now. Um, That's annoying. I had uh, I had something, but I think we could save this for later because you've got courses to talk about. But I Golf Digest have has their state rankings out. Yeah, I saw that. We can talk about it. Why the heck not? All right. Whatever we want. All right, so all right, let me click on that then. I saw the Michigan one. Let me pull it up too. Golf Digest. They did every state. I don't think they had the Northeast done yet. But so these are these so are include private through. courses in public. So number one, Crystal Downs. Would love to play there. Um, no arguments. I've heard it's amazing. Number two, private. We've played there. Oakland Hills. I'm playing there in two weeks. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Number three, Arcadia Bluffs. We've talked about that. We've both played there. Phenomenal course. Might yep. even have a chance to play there again in a couple weeks if you can get some time out of work. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Four, private. Kingsley Club. Five private lost dunes down in Bridgman. That, looks that, that is, sweet. you can see that, that off of 90, or ninety four, and that looks amazing. Yeah, that's that looks um, awesome. It's private, obviously. But. It's a nine hole course. Yeah, um, it, it, it's, you can play it as eighteen. I think like they, you have different tee boxes. But, yep. Yeah. Um, crazy. Crazy. It's, it looks awesome. Um, it's you know where it was an old sand quarry lined on three sides by sixty foot tall forested sand dunes. That's awesome. Two deep pit lakes. Forest Dunes six, yes. Forest Dunes yes six. Awesome. We talked a little bit about Michigan the, in the our bracket last week. Number six, great course. Number seven, Arcadia South playing there in a yeah. couple weeks. Another great course. True North. That Number looks eight, sweet. True North private at Harbor Springs. That looks sweet. A lot of privates in here. Number Loop. nine, the Loop Black, um, which we played. Awesome. Uh, that seems a little overrated. I think honestly, I mean it's good, but. Ten gray walls. We still need to make that a trip. Eleven point of woods. Chris's old stomping grounds used to work there. Um, Private club. Walked it. Never played it. Looks. Um, Twelve. The loop red at Forest Dunes. Thirteen. Meadowbrook Country Club in Northville. Never heard of that green Um, in the picture. Looks cool. Yeah, pretty cool. It's like a square green. 
14 Tullymore. Yep. Um, that made a I big jump. Go back. You know, as back. we talked about last week on in our bracket. 15 Oakland Hills North. Never played. Private. Lock and Heath used to be public, I think. Lock and Heath Golf Club in Williamsburg. Yep. Uh, private. And a lot of privates on here. Orchard Lake Country Club. Private. Wisconsin, 17. That looks awesome. Wisconsin Private. Harbor Shores overrated. Yeah, I think Harbor. I think. I think. That's a good course. Bay Harbor is better than Harbor Shores. I think. Belvedere looks really cool. I, next one. Yeah, Belvedere yeah, looks, looks great. Sweet. American Dunes. That's I think better than Harbor. Shores. I think American Dunes is better than Harbor Shores. Plus the, you know, the military aspect. That Country Club of Detroit, cool. number twenty-two, private Bay Harbor. I, that's better than Link's Court. That looks sweet. Twenty-three. Barton Hills Country Club. They used to play Club, a there or something. Yeah, they old, old Indian guy. Wood. Um, I've actually played there before. That's pretty cool. Um, Franklin Hills. That looks. That's Franklin very Hills. expensive. A lot of a lot of public or a lot of private courses here. Michigan course. I mean, it's Michigan, but it's Alistair McKenzie, so that's got to be on the list. Skeegan Country Club looks beautiful. Um, Twenty nine Boyne Highlands Heather. Heather's a good course. That's an I think I like course. the hills better though. Honestly, Eagle Eye. 30. Eagle Eye's a good course. I mean, Pilgrim's is higher run. than that. Higher. Grand Traverse, the Bear, thirty-two. Oh, that's really hard. Birmingham Country Club, rich people. Take the, yeah. Stoughton Bray, not that good. I mean, it's not decent, that great. But it's hills good, but is better. Not that hills that is better at thirty-five. Yep. Yep, I would agree. And there's your thirty-five according to Golf Digest. So that was pretty interesting. Um, let's see. I had a couple other golf notes in here. If I can. Find them. Well, I'll, I'll tell everyone how we did this week. I eighty third combined Fleetwood played well. Hojgaard missed the cut, then Aberg missed the cut, and Rory won. So you picked another winner. It's your third of the year, and I have um, picked two. So. so too bad I didn't bet on the winner. So all right, before we get to our picks for the Open this week, here's another one: a controversial hole and five other takeaways from Open Day One at Royal Liverpool. It's obviously practice time. All right, so this is in um, the Daily Golf Magazine. Stuff we get. Controversial hole is actually uh, the new 15th hole at the course, which is actually being played as the 17th this week, nicknamed Little Eye. It's 140-yard par 3. Uh, it's flipped around from where it was in 2014. Um, it'll play a little bit more into the wind. Um, it has a feel of an iron, uh, island green and... The bunkers are brutal. It says John Rahm dropped a few balls in the penal right bunker Monday and struggled to get close. He hit one thin, hit the pin, and fell back off the grease. Spun too much, spun too as much as he could, rolled out to eight feet. It just looks dastardly if you see the picture of it. That looks pretty cool. Um, this has been more of a thing lately on some courses that because guys, I think some of it's to combat the ability for guys to cut corners and hit it like, you know, what's his name, Deshambo, especially, but internal OB um, at Royal Liverpool has um, internal OB on the third hole, um, on the fifth hole, no, no, on the 18th, the third and the 18th. Um, I think it's kind of interesting when they have that. I think it just you know, means you just can't get away with either a wayward shot or whatever. Um, another talking point is the course actually doesn't look burned out. It looks pretty green. It's been a pretty rainy, actually, couple of years um, is what we what I understand. But, you know, Tiger tore it up with baked out conditions. Rory won it um, when it was a little bit more baked out. Um, I, I think it's going to make the rough rougher. I think, yeah, it makes it a little bit easier to maybe fire at pins if you put yourself in good shape. But, hey, look, look, I don't have a problem with if guys can attack it and do well. Yeah, why not? Because it's green and, and quote-unquote, soft. If they're hitting the ball in the it's fairway, the rain, hey, more power rainy. to them. I hope they get the winds like they had in Scotland. It's and it's be, it, I saw it gut said something about 20-mile-hour winds, so that would be good. Uh, a lot of talk about Victor Hovland and his short game. Is he going to be a guy to, to watch? I don't know. And then, um, you know, home game. There's a Hoy Lake favorite in Matthew Jordan, um, who's a native of Hoy Lake and Royal Liverpool. So I'm looking forward to watching it. Love to watch the Open. Um, it's just a different type of golf. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's fun, fun type of golf it's to so watch. It's so fun. Um, I'm just going to go through, I mean... Who do you think is going to play well? I mean, I don't, obviously Rory won it last time. Um, that was nine years ago. 
Well, here's ten guys that won't be there. Sergio, who cares? Lee Westwood. Um, screw him. Ian Poulter, screw, screw him. Live golfer. Will Del Torres, he's been hurt all Obviously year. Hurt. Mito Pereira, who cares? Michael Block. Have been interesting, but he didn't qualify. Webb Web, Simpson, which is kind of interesting. Fell off the face of Mark the Leishman, he hasn't really done much at all. He hasn't played um, a major since last year. No, and he's been, I think he's, he's on the list tour, guy, right? Yeah. And then Cooch, he's an alternate for the field, but uh, Cooch has been right up there. He's made some. He almost beat Spieth. He had yeah, a battle he, with him. He's had some battles. He's a guy that I think has the steady game to win it there, so it's too bad he's not going to play. And of course, Tiger Woods, obviously, because he's out hurt, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure. All right, I'm going to list some names and you say yay or nay. Keegan Bradley. You mean for a chance to win? Yeah, if they think they'll play well, have a chance to win. No. Sam Burns. No. No, he sucks in majors. Patrick Cantlay. I, I don't Not think there. So. He's a so. he's a PGA like I could see him winning the PGA, maybe a US. I can Open see him. The Masters, he, he's a PGA or. Um, you know, BMW championship kind of guy. I don't think. Yeah, I don't see him. Wyndham that. Clark. Uh, he's a, he played pretty well at the Scottish. I think. He's I, I mean, I think well. he's got a he's got the game for it. I think he could do well. Corey Connors. He's been playing well this year. I could see him making a run. Jason Day. He's been so hit or miss. He was good for a little while. I think he got a win, and then he kind of fell out. He won right before the PGA, right? Um, I don't think mm, he's. Gonna play I don't think he's going to play well. I, I think he's a guy that you. You would typically say yes, but not in this case. Bryson, I think he's going to play well. I just had the he's, he's played well all year in the majors. He's done well. I don't think he'll. I, I think he hits the ball too high over there. I don't think True. he can play links golf. True. Uh, there's a guy named Nacho Elvira that's hilarious. Ernie Els is playing in a hell of that. He's playing much easy. lately. Yeah. Um, Tony Finau. No, no, not a major guy. If he's going to win, I would see him winning the PGA, not that. Matt Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I could see him winning. His brother is in it. Nice. Pretty cool. Fleetwood. Yes. I think I he think contends. He's, a, he's yeah. not going to win, but he's contend. Ricky. Mm, uh, not, actually, I think he's fared pretty well there, and he's played pretty well in majors. I think he's going to play I think well. He'll, I, don't, I think he's a top 20 type of guy. I don't think he's a con, true contender, but I think he'll, he'll be in the top 20. One of my dark horses, old boy. Padraig Harrington, he's played really well this season. He could make the Ryder Cup for them. Yeah. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton, I think yes. he's going to play well. I think he's got He's chance. an angry man. He played well in Scottish. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Max Holman, fade. He never plays well in majors. I don't see him playing well in that, that uh, setting. Victor Hovland. Yes. I agree with that. Uh, DJ. Yes. Because he he can I get hot with the putter well. and and I think he can he can flight his ball the way that it needs to be to, to play through the wind there. Tom Kim. Not this year, but maybe in the future. Uh, Brooksy. Yes, I he's agree. got majors in his blood. I I agree with that. Min Woo Lee, he is one of my dark horses. That dude can hit the living crap out of the ball and hits it low. Yeah, he's been he's good. He's been playing. He's pretty fun well. to watch yeah. too. Uh, Shane Lowry. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. I, he's already won it once before. Yep. Uh, let's see. Rory. Yes, I For think sure. he'll play well. Um, Phil. No. Idiot. Morikawa. I mean, he won it a couple years ago. He's a great ball striker. I. He's been too inconsistent for my liking this year, so not this year. Um, let's see. Let's see who else we got. Rombo. Yeah, he's always in the mix. Um, uh, Xander. Yeah, he played well again at the Scottish. There you go, do all right. Scotty, top ten, top yeah, ten for sure, top five. Scotty, Scotty, those guys from Texas. Him, they know speed, how to play. In that they know stuff. how to play the windy, open field type conditions. Scotty's he's a top five guy. Uh, Adam Scott, I think he's a dark horse. He's done well at the Open before. He almost won it. Uh, he choked. Who 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 you lose to? That was who was that? Phil, wasn't it? No, uh, that was before that. I think it might have been Darren Clark. Or was it uh, not Spieth? Was it Spieth? No, no, that was Kucher that was with him. I'll, oh, I'll look right. it up. Cam Smith. Yeah, he's a defending. Did you champion. see what he said? Mm-mm. He said at the, he said in his press conference, he told his buddies that this time next week we'll be drinking out of the jug again. He's confident. Clearly, he could do it last That's, year. The dude can putt lights out. So, yeah. Spieth. 
Yeah, he hasn't played particularly well, but I think that he's, think just he's a Texas guy. Chance. I think he's got a good chance. He did uh, not make the cut at the Scottish. JT, I don't think he's going to play well. He's been bad this he's, year. Yeah, he hasn't played that great. I think he's injured or something. He's married. Yeah, it's the curse, <laughs> Same I guess. Thing. Cam Young. Um, he's been really he was, bad this year. He was up there last year, right? He was yeah. a second. He eagled 18. Yeah, I don't see it this year. No. All right, let's do our picks. Pick your four. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with, this is a foursome that I made a bet, like a $2.50 bet on. Um, I'm going to go Rory, although it's hard to win back-to-back weeks, but he's been Phil playing well it. anyway. Yeah, Phil did do it. Um, Scotty, I mean, the dude is a top five machine. He's not even just a top ten machine. He's a top five machine. Unbelievable. He's made overnight. I'm going to go with a guy sure. that qualified by being top ten last week, or actually I think it was like top 50-something he had to be to get in, but been on. He's actually been playing well lately anyway. And he played super well and had a chance um, at the Scottish Open. And then I'm going to go with Terrell Hatton as my fourth. All right, all right. I've got uh, I got Scotty. I've got Hovland, Cam Smith, and Mr. Morikawa. Um, yeah, I I I put money on Hovland. Um, I took the FanDuel had like the yeah. insurance bet. I did I did some money on Rory with the win. Um, and then I did Rory, I did Rory top ten, Scotty top five, on and Hatton top twenty, like two fifty to win a hundred bucks. I like it. All right. Um, I haven't bet in a little while, so. Good. Oh, I'll give a quick shout out to Treetops. Fun freaking place. Um, I'd heard mixed reviews about it. Gave it a shot. I mean, the lodging's not the best thing in the world, but it works. Had a huge room, uh, me, Mike, and Joey. We had a great weekend of golf. Phenomenal courses. Premier, it's a Fazio course. Highly recommended if you can. Lots of elevation changes, some fun golf holes. Pretty tough. Um, we played the Tradition, which is a Rick Smith course. Very wide open. Um, not many trees. More link style. Super fun course. Pretty. It, it was easier. It wasn't in the best shape, but still a fun course to play. And then... Uh, played the Rick Smith signature yesterday, which is one of my favorites I've honestly played in a while. Um, just a phenomenal, the, the, the last four holes um, were some of the most fun holes, like the best best four finishing holes I can remember to end four holes in a row. Really good, really fun, challenging, 138 slope from, from blue-white mix, which was just a hair over 6,000 yards. I mean, that's pretty hard. Um, lots of elevation changes. I mean, and like every hole says, it says caution, steep grade, um, crazy. But You've it's been freaking out with me driving yeah, the car. Yeah, I, I was very cautious. Um, I would love to go back and play the the Jones, the the Trent Jones masterpiece that looks great. Then three tops as well. Um, so if you get a chance, try to play that. Looks like a hell of a time um, to play those other two, and I would definitely recommend the other three that we played. Um, Gaylord itself is not the best food, but a cool atmosphere, cool little town. Um, and Treetops kind of has it all a little expensive for food and whatnot, but it's worth it. It's fun. You're landlocked, uh, so it makes sense. Yeah, it's good. It's a good place. I would highly recommend. Nice, and we got our golf trip coming up in a couple yeah. weeks. Manistee National and then Mr. Arcadia Mr. South. South. Potentially Arcadia Bluffs for another time as well. Fingers crossed on that one. Um, yeah, to be... He leaves me high and dry to go play golf last weekend, so I was stuck just watching. We got Diamond inside, on Saturday, though. Diamond Springs this week. Um, get some tune-ups in and get the game polished up for that trip up north. Looking forward to it. Yeah, that'll be good. All right, we can sprint at home now. Um, I just thought of this earlier. It's a fun question. Do you think there will ever be a Top Golf in Grand Rapids? If Top Golf is smart, yes, because Grand Rapids has a huge golf golf market. Um, yeah, obviously we have limited season ish. I mean, you could really, really play April through October, and then you get a little bit lucky. You can play maybe in in the outskirts there. I I mean, there's a lot of places they could put it. I think it would go. It would do crazy. I think they could do one out towards Holland, and they could do one in Grand Rapids, and they'd both be busy all the time. I yeah, really do. I, I don't think the will. I feel like they don't think Grand Rapids is big enough, but I would love for there to be one. Um, saw this question posed on Golf Digest. They always have the best. 
Did the live rivalry make majors more important now than ever? Did it or does it? Does it. Did it. Does it. Slash does it. I mean, I think it gives fans more of a rooting interest. It's kind of like, you know, Tiger versus Phil. People were one or the other. Um, so in some ways, yeah, having villains in the sport can can help. So, yeah, I don't I don't think it can. I don't think it can hurt. I mean, the live and the whole piff and whatever else, whatever it's called, can definitely continue to hurt golf in general. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen. But yeah, I think it helps. I agree. Best golf apparel brand? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, honestly, like I, if I look in my closet, the stuff that I wear the most that wears the best and wears the longest, I'm going to go Callaway because Callaway has really great like golf slash dress pants. They've got good golf shirts that have a really good fit. Their pullovers are good. I mean, Adidas... I like Adidas shorts probably the best, honestly, but um, I'm going to go Callaway. I, I, I said Adidas. I, I have a lot of Adidas shirts and shorts. Most of my shorts are Adidas. Um, all right. Fun pop culture question. Deep dish, New York style or Chicago style pizza? New York style. Um, I'm going Detroit deep dish. No, New York all day. They're folded, all good. Folded it's all good. You don't like Chicago, really. I love yeah, Chicago I don't really style. like that, no. All right, that's 131. Um, Enjoy the Open this week. Um, Enjoy the good weather. Next week we'll be back with some more previews, talk more golf, um, talk about the Open and whatnot and whatever else happens between now and then. Um, Let us know what you want to hear. Yeah, give us a like on wherever you're listening on. Leave a comment, whatever you want to do. Subscribe so when it shows up you're showing showing that – get a notification that we're we're live and, and ready to roll and you can listen to it and let us know what you think. So we appreciate you guys. Meantime, with the open upon us, let's turn to the great Winston Churchill for this week's quote. Golf is a game whose aim is to hit a very small ball into an even smaller hole with weapons singularly ill-designed for the purpose.